Good morning. Just kind of came out of nowhere, huh? Yeah. How's it going, guys? I really need to learn my lesson. Yes. Further away. Is that better? Is that too far? Uh-huh. Okay. Is this better? Alrighty. Okay, cool. It really wants to kind of just like move around down there. Like what, like a little antenna in the wind, you know? Uh-oh. Anthony, can I get some help changing this stand? This is going to drive me crazy. So I really need to learn my lesson here because every time I preach the week after Leslie, I'm like, why did I let myself do that? Like, why did I let myself let her go first, knock it out of the park, and then you guys have to hear me the next week. So anyway, that's my bad, honestly. I'm going to take the fall for that one. Um, I love Leslie's sermon so much. We're doing this very short series about our vision, mission, and values. And last week, Leslie talked about our, um, our, our history as well as our vision. And if you missed that, I would highly encourage you to go listen to it on our podcast. We uh, post all of our sermons as often as we can, as often as we have like an actual successful recording, which is most of the time. And it's really helpful. It just tells you what God's been doing in our community and our family of churches over the past 20-something years or whatever, um, before even Denton North was planted. And so I would encourage you to listen to that. We're going to continue that same conversation this week, talking about our mission as a church and our values. Um, And so we'll be continuing with that. Um, And one introduction kind of point is I'm Joshua. I'm one of our two staff people here, but we've got a bunch of leaders in addition to our staff team. And so you'll see me a lot, but we try to pass the mic as often as we can and let people from our community and from our greater family of churches speak and share the gospel with you guys as well. So um, Leslie and I try not to be talking your ears off every week um, forever. So (laughs) that's kind of our MO here. So we're going to talk about our mission and our values. And I preached on both of these topics last year at our retreat. And uh, so some of this is going to sound pretty familiar. It's, you know, we didn't change what our mission, our values are this year or anything like that. And Em and I just had our second kid. He's back there hanging out in the stroller. And our life's been just a little different, you could say, since that's happened. But I thought, like, what's the point of having a second kid if you can't use it as an excuse, you know, a little bit? And so I was like, should I come up with totally new examples, totally new analogies, when half of you guys don't even remember it anyway? And I was like, nah, let's not do that. Let's keep some of the same stuff. Some of the jokes that landed great the first time, why not keep them, you know? They, they crushed, so why not, you know? But anyway, so there's going to be some similarities and some new stuff. But um, our mission, let's put that up behind me here is to make immature disciples who love, serve, and share Jesus. That's just going to be up hanging out behind me while we're talking about the mission stuff so you don't have to uh, just remember it in your mind. And um, so one of the things that both of these sermons don't really talk about, both about our, our vision and our history as well as our mission and our values, is just the who aspect of this. Who are we trying to reach? Who are we trying to accomplish this mission for and with? And that's because that part's up to God. That part is up to the Holy Spirit. And we've been a church who's gone through some different kind of seasons and journeys. We had, like, at the beginning, like, 95% college students and, like, 5% non-college. And now we're somewhere in, the, like, the 50-50 range. We've got some kids most weeks, and that's a growing population of our church. We've got married couples and families and still students. And so 
whoever God sends to us, that's who we are trying to accomplish this mission with and for and to, if that makes sense. That's the part that's totally up to God, and we are okay with him changing that, and he has been and will continue to, but we need to be good about keeping up with that as well. As God sends different people to our church community as we all grow older, um, which unfortunately just happens, um, that's just how it, you know, how it happens, but we need to continue to be up to date with, um, with who God sends us and be willing to adapt and change, if that makes sense. So we won't go crazy into that, but Yes to college students, yes to adults, yes to Anne. Is there a typo on that thing behind me? Okay, I was really worried about that because I didn't check it. And every little facial expression I've seen you guys, I've thought, okay, Grant's looking at a typo, Hannah's looking at a typo, Ricardo's looking at a typo. That's why you double check stuff. Okay, so whoever God sent us, that's a, that should change and it's a good thing. So what is a mission? Why would we even have them? Why, does, why do we have Christianese? words like that, um, that we kind of steal from the business world or whatever. It's what we do. It's our purpose. It's our action. It's our what. It's our why. And so it's big stuff we're talking about. So I'm going to take a break just for a second to say a prayer because God help us (laughs) when we're talking about mission. Lord, please set our mission for us. Please be one who really is the whole point of this conversation, who um, is, is... uh, willing in your goodness and your patience to use us. I mean, that's a miracle right there. Uh, Lord, I just ask that as we talk about our mission, that you will be the one who's guiding the conversation, and that as we then go out and try to do this this thing together, that you will guide every step, um, and you will be the one who's king of our hearts. Here I pray, amen. So it's, it's, yeah, it's our mission, it's our purpose, it's our action, it's our what, it's our why, it's a lot of big things. So imagine if we didn't already have like a written mission statement, if we didn't already have the big, bold thing behind me, and I asked each of you just individually in a conversation, just one-on-one, what our mission is, or what you think we're doing here, why you're here specifically, what you're here to accomplish, we'd get 100 different answers, right? Wouldn't we? It'd be all over the map. But then what if I asked each of you individually, how well are we doing it? that thing that you said. And then I asked, are we succeeding or are we failing at it? Um, how will we know when we've accomplished it and when we're done, so to speak, when we've succeeded? We would get a hundred more answers on all of those questions too. And so then now, now we're really in trouble. We're just a group of random individuals all trying to do our own thing, all with different measures of what we're trying to do, with different measures of whether we're succeeding or not, and when we'll be done, when we've succeeded, and and all that stuff. And so a shared mission is huge. It's hugely important. It takes us from being a chaotic group of individuals doing our own thing to being God's people, to being people who are are able to work together to do God's vision for our group, for our church, for our town together. And it's really the only chance we have at success. I mean... It's just, otherwise, uh, it really is is chaos. And I think it's easy for that tendency to, to creep in. I'm trying to do my thing here. I'm trying to do my own thing. I have a specific passion or whatever. That's all good stuff, but it can't be that we have 100 different missions. That will not work. So um, if a mission's accurate and true, and if you're actually really pursuing it in some way, if you're actually really living it out and doing it, it should be evident to other people what you're doing, right? It should in some way show up in your life. And so no cheating, but from my last time talking about this, does anybody remember the mission of Starbucks? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's very big, very lofty, very huge. I'll read it again. So it's to inspire and nurture the human spirit. I know. 
one person, one cup, and one neighborhood at a time. And I did do my homework. I did check that our Washington guy over here, Ethan, wasn't a huge, huge Starbucks fan, so I wouldn't be offending him by this. But wouldn't that be nice if that was what Starbucks was accomplishing? Wouldn't it be nice if they were nurturing the human spirit? Wow. Yeah, there we go. The long lines. That's a very nurturing to the human spirit kind of approach. But it's... They're selling coffee, and that's, that's kind of what corporate missions can be like a lot. They can be this very lofty goal. They can be this really poetic wording of, we sell something and make money. <laughs> and, and I think that um, they can also be sort of the opposite. They can also be very not poetic, very not lofty. So here's the opposite example. The ExxonMobil Corporation is committed to being the world's premier petroleum and chemical manufacturing company. To that end, we must continually achieve superior financial and operating results while adhering to high ethical standards. Doesn't that just mm, pump you up? <laughs> Ethics, finances, premier petroleum. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt and tell me you're not going to change some lives. So that's the gamut. That's kind of the wide spectrum we have in the corporate world. And not to dog on businesses too much. It makes sense. They have to have a, this stuff. They're trying to sell things, whatever. They've got to do that. But it's just that these are, this is the approach of mission when you talk in the business world. It, it goes from poetic stuff to like shareholders. You know, it's like, it's very, it varies a lot. But what we're doing with mission statements, what we're doing in our world, what we're doing in our church is a purpose for our lives. It's completely different. It is the same word, but it does not mean the same thing at all. We don't have to look far for what the mission, the purpose of our lives should be, because we have that in Jesus. We don't have to look to shareholders or a, you know, a board or whatever like that. We have it in Jesus. And I think we really are hardwired for God, by God, to need a purpose. We need a why. We need a reason to be here. And if not, then like, what have philosophers been wondering about forever, for centuries? Why are we here and I talked last time about just these, this little bit of an idea that comes from Viktor Frankl, who's a writer and philosopher and historian guy who just writes a lot about meaning. And um, he survived the Holocaust and basically wrote his observations about the Holocaust. So he wasn't really, I don't know what he was before that, but he became an expert on this stuff after that. And he just deduced that people who had, a, who had and maintained some kind of overarching purpose some kind of meaning in their lives, they stood a so much better chance at enduring the torture, the labor, the hopelessness, the despair of the concentration camps. For some, it was faith. It was literally their faith in God. Others, it was just the hope that they could reunite with a family member or a spouse or a child. And that kept them going. And even someone like Nietzsche has been quoted as having said, he who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. And so there's a lot that can be found in the world about this. This is like two little tiny examples. There is so much that you can find out in the world, not in the Bible even, that agrees with this thing, the same thesis, that meaning and purpose is essential. And I love when the world sort of discovers a half-truth like this, like they're halfway there. It's like they're like, how peculiar. It appears as if humans across culture and time and situations, they all have a neat need for purpose. And then they stop right there. That's as far as they go. <laughs> And I'm like, maybe it's because we were designed by God to need that. Maybe because we were designed and built by God to need a higher purpose in that way, and we keep finding different, different roads, different inroads into that. 
trying to ask the same question, trying to answer the same question. So anyway, meaning and purpose is very powerful. It sustains us. It's why we're here. We're all looking for it. If we don't have it, we feel lost. And we're all going to find it somewhere. We're all looking for it, so we're going to find it somewhere. And so if we're not finding it in Jesus, then we really are in big trouble. There's going to be a bunch of things out in the world that look like an answer to this. Um, and we're going to be in big trouble if it's not Jesus. Let me say that again. You are looking for a purpose somewhere. If that purpose is not being found in Jesus, then it's being found in something else. And that thing's not Jesus. If your mission is not found in Jesus, it means your mission is being found in something finite. It's something human-made. It's something that is a dead end. It's something that cannot give you life. Something that cannot give you truth. Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can get to the Father except through him. So that's why mission, the mission for our church is intentionally close to the exact orders that Jesus gave. You know, we're not really looking super far and doing a lot of wordsmithing here. Our mission is to make immature disciples who love, serve, and share Jesus. And one of the biggest inspirations um, for this is really just the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. And this really covers a bunch of stuff here. This covers the making and maturing disciples really well, make disciples, and then teach them to observe everything that Jesus has commanded and taught and modeled in his life. And then the, the next part, that last part we, we added in there, the love, serve, share, that is really super important too. That order is also really important. Love and then serve and then share. And so let's start with love. Let's talk about that just for a little bit. So in Matthew 22, there's this, this section. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they came together. And one of them, an expert in the law, asked a question to test him. Teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? And he said to him, love the Lord your God with your heart, your, all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important commandment. Love is first. Love is greatest. Love is most important. And then we follow. Love has to come first. And this is where people, I think, can get off super quickly. This is where we can get off super quickly. So let me ask you guys just to ask yourself for a moment, do you love Jesus? And think about it for a second. Don't be quick to give yourself a Sunday school answer or answer how you think you're supposed to answer. Ask yourself, do you love Jesus? And do you have affection for Jesus? Just think about that for a second. Your answer is something like, I don't, I don't know, or I don't think so, or just straight up no, then I think this is where you start. This is the, the place where you should start. Right. It's fine. It really is okay, and you shouldn't feel any shame about that because, honestly, now you know where to start. Now you know where step one really is, figuring out loving Jesus, um, figuring out how to have that affection for him, not just feeling like you should, but how to, how to grow in your own love and affection for Jesus. You know what to do next. And why should we love Jesus? That's something certainly I believe, and so I'm going to talk about that. If you're not there yet, this might help you, but why should we love Jesus? In 1 John, it says that we love because he first loved us. 
Jesus loves you, and he loves you first. He loved you first. Not because of anything you have or haven't done, or because of something you will or will not do. He loves you first, and he died for your sins, for your debts first. He went out of his way to pay your debts. Not out of obligation, but out of love. Before you were even born, before you could even ask him to, he did that. He knew you and loved you. And there's much, much more that can be said about this why, why we should love Jesus, why he's worth loving. Me and Leslie and many of our leaders would love to talk more with you about that and share sort of our personal belief about that and our stories, why that's been so convincing in our lives, the things that Jesus has brought us through. And we could give you a bunch of reasons. And I think that's a great, that's a, that's a great, some great content for a conversation right there. So if you're not ready to do that quite yet, that's where I would start if I were you. And if you're not ready to talk to one of us, you can read or listen to these stories about Jesus. We have many, many of them, and they are very convincing, in my opinion, in the Gospels. So that's a good place to start. Love, if you're there, great, we can kind of proceed on. If you're not, that's, that's what you need to focus on. So next in the mission statement is serve. And once we love Jesus, it is desirable for us to call him Lord. Once we've, once we've realized who he is and why we love him, it's desirable to make him be <laughs> the Lord and the king of our lives. And we want to serve him. We need to serve him. And this is where many commands and teachings that Jesus gave, the behaviors that he modeled for us, they come into play. And this isn't a task that we really just check off or a goal that we achieve. It's a role that we decide to take on. We decide to try this thing, to try following this guy, to try serving this guy. We get the rest of our limited time to follow Jesus every day. In Luke 9, it says, Then he said to all of them, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. And if we think of it as one big giant goal, it's going to overwhelm us. It's going to really like frighten us into not trying to do it. It's about serving Jesus daily and deciding each day to deny ourselves and submit to him and serve him and let him be in charge. It's a daily thing. In Psalm 119.1, it says, Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instruction of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all of their hearts. They don't compromise with evil. They walk only in his paths. It's a joyful thing that we get to do. It's not easy, but it is joyful to try to follow Jesus daily and serve him. And if you're serving Jesus and you're committed to trying to follow his teachings and trying to follow his example, then you know that we're told pretty quickly that we need to share him with other people. We have to share him with others. That's the third part of our mission statement. We've already referenced this moments ago in the Great Commission, but Jesus makes this clear in other places as well, and other writers of the New Testament also say this. It's this idea that even uh, has its origins in the mission of Israel in the Old Testament, that they were blessed to be a blessing to others. That's always been part of God's deal, okay? So in Matthew 5, it talks about this idea that we've all kind of heard, most of us if we've grown up in the church, but it's that you're a light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all those who are in the house. In that same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So that's the mission, to make and mature disciples who love, serve, and share Jesus. And do you want to know if you're part of it? Do you want to know if you're doing it? Are you making and maturing disciples? Do you love Jesus? Do you live to serve him? Are you trying to serve him? Do you try to share Jesus with others around you? That's how you know. That's how you know if you're doing it. And quite importantly, I think, do you understand the urgency of this thing? 
why, this, why there's urgency here. Time is really limited. There's people who don't know Jesus yet. They have not heard of him. They do not love him. Our time is limited. Every day counts. In Ephesians 5, it says, pay careful attention to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of time because the days are evil. We've got to make the most out of this time. There are so many things that want to pull us many, many directions. We have to be careful how we walk. The biggest downside with missions, I think, is because of how intentionally broad they are, how their nature is very encompassing. They can kind of feel distant from our daily lives, and they can sort of feel forgettable. We hear it. We like it. Sounds good. Tomorrow, uh, we go right back to what we normally do. So understanding this mission is what was missing from my life, honestly, for like the first 18 years. I grew up in the church. I was around this kind of stuff all the time, but it was missing from my life. I, didn't, I knew about Jesus, but I didn't love him. I didn't have a purpose in him. I didn't know I really needed him. I didn't feel that way, at least. I didn't think about the many of the people who also needed him. It didn't cross my mind very often, honestly. My intent in coming to college was not to continue growing, going to church, or finding a Christian community of any kind. And if I didn't really have a mission in mind, why would I? You know, that wouldn't, I didn't have any mission I was operating on, didn't have any goals operating on. So let's not be that way. Let's not approach Jesus that way. Let's not try to go through this thing without a mission, without a goal, without a purpose. Find your way to care about this mission and internalize it. Remember it and carry it with you daily. Make this your mission. Find a way to make it your mission. Okay, so that's the mission. That's the mission rant right there. Um, We're going to move on to talking about our values as a church community. These things are so hard to talk about, and they can spawn tons of conversations, so obviously this is not the, the last time we'll talk about them. It has to be something we weave in a lot, but if you've got questions even already about mission stuff, there's, there's many of us you can talk to and ask about, but we do have to move on for the sake of time. So our values, there's a lot of ways to think about values in any church or organization. Sometimes it's as simple as like style or personality. I think I've seen some ministries and churches use it that way. Um, other times there's a way of outlining what you're really good at, like here's what our strengths are kind of thing. We want to think of these values as distinctives for our church, not necessarily things that we are great at, not style things either. There's lots of churches in the Dallas area overall. There's lots of churches in Denton specifically, and we want to hone in on what, on what we can think can be distinctives for our specific little church here in Denton and not try to compare ourselves to too many other churches and what they do and what their style is, what their things are. There's churches that have huge numbers. They've got buildings. They've got staff. They've got all kinds of programs. They've got taller pastors, stuff like that, you know. <laughs> but maybe we'll be like that someday, but maybe not. You know, I'm not growing, so um, that's, that's one thing that's not, probably not going to change. But So we want to highlight what we feel like can be distinctives for our church community now. And you'll notice that this list behind me isn't a list of things that we are already great at. Um, You're going to point out one of those that you're like, I've never seen them do that once. Um, And me neither. I'm just kidding. But some of them are things that we're great at or things that actually got you here in the first place or things that you experienced at the beginning or things that, yeah, are your only reason really for being here. And so we want to grow in some of these that we're not growing in, that we haven't, that aren't certainly strengths quite yet. And we want to retain things that have been working and have been making a difference in people's lives and are the reason that we are here already. So the, the one that's bolded at the top is kind of the umbrella one. It's simple devotion to Jesus. 
It's simple, intentionally broad. It's not a constitution. It's not a statement of faith really outlined and bullet-pointed and all that stuff. If people are devoted to Jesus, if they call Jesus the Lord and the King of their life, and they aim to live their life that way, then they are on our team. We're good. We're on the same team. It intentionally leaves room for some disagreement, but let me tell you what this value isn't. So it seems really broad, but here's some things that that value, simple devotion to Jesus, isn't. It's not simple devotion to a version of Jesus that I prefer. It's not simple devotion to the things Jesus said that align with the views that I really want to hold. It's not simple devotion to a Jesus that fits a little better in our current culture and, you know, dissolves a little better into what's going on right now. And it's not simple devotion to Jesus once a week or at other specific times that specifically are convenient and benefit me. That's why it's not overly broad. If you really think about it, simple devotion to Jesus is narrow enough and broad enough. Um, it's, it takes a lot to be devoted to Jesus and call him king and lord, but there is room for some disagreement. Devotion's a big thing. Devotion's is it's denying ourselves. It's the denying ourselves daily thing. It's obedience, and it's really hard. It's the umbrella value because of all these things, these values, we're trying to take them from Jesus himself. These things come from Jesus, things that Jesus showed us. He, he showed us that he valued, that he told us that he valued. It's not exhaustive. It's not every single thing that he talked about and valued at all. That would be a very long list of values, and none of us would remember them. But they, all of these things must have their roots in Jesus. That's what our MO is. That's what our goal is, is not to come up with our own stuff and do our own thing, but to find roots in Jesus to tell us how to live and how to do things. So the first one um, below the simple devotion of Jesus is deep relationships. Deep relationships. We have a saying in our family of churches, one-on-one is how it's done, which is sort of a a uh, much more walk-around pedestrian way of saying, like, love your neighbor as yourself. This individual level of approach that Jesus talked about very often. He often told people how to treat each other as one-on-one, not these, like, here's how your group should interact with this group. He was very much a goal of his, was to tell us how to interact with each other one-on-one. Jesus was very purposeful with his own one-on-one relationships. He invested deeply in people. He spent a lot of time with the same people, and he endured frustrating times with those same people, and he worked to cultivate, cultivate a deep and purposeful relationship with them. That's how we get from somebody, Simon Peter, where he's at when we find him initially, to someone who helps build the church. That's how we get somebody um, like, um, like Matthew, who was a tax collector, and who becomes this very this pillar and this staple of the, of the church. Deep relationships are transformative they can really change us. And that's what the example that we have in Jesus, that he really valued creating deep relationships on a one-on-one level. The next one is growing leaders. We are going to kind of move through these fast. We actually did a sermon series sort of interview thing where we took one of them at a time in the early spring this past year, or this this year, I guess. Um, And so if you really want to do a deep dive on each of these, you definitely can. But we're going to have to move a little quickly, and I'm sorry about that. Growing leaders... Growing leaders, this is also how Jesus did it. He invested in people, he taught them, and then before too long, he sent them out. Just like in our mission statement, this is where we want to mature disciples, want to mature them. This is absolutely crucial to our contribution to the kingdom of God. It's not enough to just grow and mature myself. (laughs) It's not enough. We must replace ourselves. We must send people out. We need to have more leaders than we need, so we can send them somewhere else to reach somebody else. Yeah. 
It's pretty simple. This value does, does really work in two ways. We have to invest in and grow leaders, and we have to want to be grown as leaders. We, you, you and we have to want to be grown and want to take further steps to mature as leaders. So what is, what is that for you? What side of that is it for you? Are you a leader? Are you helping to grow some other leaders? Or do you think you not, are not a leader really right now? And are you willing to be grown into one? Those are the different questions you can kind of ask yourself. Which side of that are you on? The next one is everyday outreach. If you need me to say something again, if I go too fast, just let me know. Um, I'm going to assume that, um, that this pace is okay just because we have to get through everything. But everyday outreach. Everyday meaning daily, not meaning as like a uh, kind of boring and uh, commonplace kind of thing in the negative sense, the positive sense. This is us doing the sharing part of love, serve, and share. It means making outreach a norm in our lives, a habit, and a regular part of our daily lives. The people God puts in our lives are neighbors, our coworkers, people who go to the same coffee shop that you go to. Those people are the people that we interact with and are around every day. And on the individual side, one of the phrases we like to use in our community is, it's not that hard to be most people's best friend. The kinds of caring, the kinds of questions, the kinds of intentionality that it takes to be a really good friend to somebody are the kinds of things that we see modeled very well in Jesus, very well in the Gospels, very well in the New Testament. It's not that hard to do those things and take them into our daily lives. Um, it might seem like it's super hard. It might seem like you don't have a lot of room for much. But what we can give, the little bit that we have to the people that we're around every day, it actually can make a difference. I believe that. I really do. So keep that kind of phrase in your, in your mind. But also, on the sort of community side, on this community, not just the individual outreach that we do as individuals when we go during our weeks. On the community side, outreach needs to be a norm in our community, in our church. So you'll be hearing about opportunities like that coming, coming soon. And you've already heard about some. To volunteer to help with the needs in our community, in our town. And so you'll be hearing about that stuff. And it gives you a chance to say yes to this value. It gives you a chance to say yes, that you want to grow in this yourself and you want to contribute to the growing of this in our community. So please don't miss those things. Yeah. Things like helping volunteer at the Martin Luther King Rec Center for the events that they have. Things like volunteering at Our Daily Bread, which is a homeless shelter in our town. Those things will be coming up and please don't miss that chance to, to grow this value in yourself and in our community. In 1 John it says, little children, let us not love in word and speech, but in action and in truth. The love that we have for Jesus and the love that we have for the pe for his people and reaching his people has to have action to it. It has to have truth to it. It cannot be just up here. It cannot just be a, I love you from a distance. It has to have action to it. Love must be shown and must be acted out and must be demonstrated. Yeah. It's not enough just to think all the right things. Guess what that does? It makes us Pharisees. <laughs> Thinking all the right stuff doesn't get us anywhere. Real religion, the kind that passes muster before God the Father, is this. Reach out to the homeless and loveless in their plight. Guard against corruption from the godless world. That's in James. That's what real religion really is, to help those who are in need. So when we talk about everyday outreach, we're meeting those two different ways of thinking about it. Individual way, where you work and live, um, where you are about town. Community way, helping people who are in need. The next value is warm community. Warm community. 
In John 13, Jesus says, I give you a new command to love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. We also see examples of this kind of played out, this kind of instruction of love played out in the early church where they're gathering together, they're sharing, they're eating, they're drinking, they're learning together, they're praising and praying together often. It's a different environment. It's magnetic. It's attractive. It's peaceful. There's a lot to that that we can learn from. And warm community, whether it's your 20th, 40th, 100th time here or your first time, is super important that we try to live that by you out and live out this love in a way that really matters to the new and the old. It really matters to uh, a friend you've known forever and someone you just met. It really matters. I think for a lot of us so far, one of these has probably been said that matter to you. It's why you are here. Either someone formed a deep relationship with you or someone was really warm to you. Um, and so just as we're kind of going through these, just recognize that kind of stuff. This last one is a love of God's word. Oh, man, I'm sorry, guys. I put these in a different order here than I did in the sermon. Man. Y'all's notes are going to be all over the place. Yeah. This last one is a love of God's word. Love of God's word. One of the absolute best ways to know the Father, to know Jesus, is to read God's word. Not just to build up knowledge, not because you should or you think you should or someone told you you should, but to know God and to know Jesus. This one underlines all the ones above it because in order to even have simple devotion to Jesus, to follow his lead, we have to know him. And I don't need to tell you how impossible it is to follow Jesus' example on your own. It's really hard. It's hard to do. And you'll really need to heavily depend on Jesus, and we absolutely need him to change our hearts in a fundamental way. And that's why loving God's word is so important. That's where we learn about that. That's where we hear about that. That's where we actually get to, to learn about Jesus in a, in a tangible way and have him open him up to the ability to, to change our hearts. The joy of those who delight in the instruction of the Lord who meditate on it day and night, they're like trees planted firmly near a river, bearing fruit and never withering. That is Psalm 1. Um, another saying that we have in our community is just that leaders are readers. If you want to be able to lead people, not just in like a title kind of setting, if you want to lead people anywhere, you need to be pouring this stuff into your heart and into your life and into your mind. Right. Leaders are readers. Let that be a phrase that kind of hangs out in your brain. So, there might be some things that you really value that are not on this list, list that you wish they were there. You might be really valuing something, and um, that's really great. That's understandable. That's not something that we're wanting to say no to. But here's what we are saying. Don't value other things at the expense of these. We're asking you to all value these things. This is only going to work if we all do it. And, of course, the work of a community has to extend past these things. This is not like, once we checked all these off, we're good, no more work has to happen. <laughs> like, that's not the design either. But these must inform what we prioritize, how we behave while we're in the process of living, how we're in the process of ministering. There's no way these things can become realized values. Like, there's no way they can become distinctives for our community if just a few of us are doing them. So do you want deep relationships? We need your help. Do you want good leaders, and do you want to be grown into a leader? We need your help. 
Do you want non-believers to be reached and loved and cared for? We need your help. Do you want a warm community, one that's really inviting and do you want to be around? We need your help. Do you want a community that knows and follows God's word well, doesn't waver to the left and the right? We need your help. There's so much work in Denton for God to do. I mean, amen? It's like, there's just so much potential. Have you seen the fields out there, the fields that are ripe for harvest? Have you seen how how many people need being reached? Have you been around town and on campus? Have you seen the numbers? The numbers, Denton's growing like crazy. It's really nuts. When I moved here, it was smaller than the town I came from, and then they did a census two years ago or whatever. It, like, went way past that town by, like, about 30,000. So it's insane. There is so much work here, so we need your help. We need people that are willing to stay here. We need people who are willing to lead. You are the future of this church, and you're also the future of the next church and other churches. You're the future. You're the way that someone will find out about Jesus. You're the way that God can use you to change someone's life forever. So here's two questions I kind of want to leave you to think about. If someone observed your life like a fly on the wall, what would they think your mission is? This, this is not designed to guilt you. It's just to make us think about this stuff, make us think about how we're living our lives. If you or observe, someone observed your life like a fly on the wall, what would they think your mission is? What would they think your values are? What would they think you prioritize? So yeah, this is who our church is, or who our church is trying to be. <laughs> so God help us. It's a big task. It's a big goal, and that's the point. Um, this is, it needs to be something that we have to work and strive to. It would be maybe easy to make a list of values of the things that we're good at, and it might be <laughs> almost laughable. And be like, hmm, we're good at setting up the chairs. Uh, that wouldn't inspire you to do anything. It wouldn't, you know, it's useful. But many things that we do find their way in these values here. Uh, I made this long, um, I wish I could say it was a joke, but it's really not. I made this long guide document about how to brew the coffee for the coffee team. Um, but what I, one thing I did do is I just said, upholding the value of warm community through coffee. Not because that's really the only way we do it, but because th- that is one small element that can create, when done right, warm community. Yeah. Things like that, the things that we do that may even seem like menial tasks or whatever, like setting up chairs and doing sound, things that are really important, they find their way in creating and helping and uplifting and growing these values. So that's why they're these big goals. So, oh Lord, Jesus, just be patient with us. Um, Have mercy on us. Blessed are you, God, King of the universe. Unless you build this house, we're all just working in vain. Be at the center. Be over everything and in everything. God, some of us are really pumped. Some of us are weary. Some of us are lost. Fill us up. Humble us. Come and find us. It's a massive, tough thing that you're asking us to do, Lord. 
We depend heavily on you. Please be with us. Change us from the inside out. Transform and renew us. Let us be consumed with zeal for your mission, for loving and reaching your people. God, help us. May our love abound in this knowledge and depth that we might have a chance at discerning what's best. Help us to be pure and blameless for the day that is coming of your, of your kingdom. Help us be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes only from you. To the glory and praise of your name, amen. Um, Josh, thanks for reminding us um, of what we need to be focusing on and reminding us of why those things are important. I think that most of us know kind of what we need to be doing, but we forget how important each of the little parts are. So thanks for taking the time to do that. Um, so we're going to talk about announcements. Announcements is part of deep relationships, warm community, and everyday outreach. So... It would be really weird if you were sitting around the dinner table with your family and one of your brothers or sisters said, hey, I want to tell you guys about uh, this game that I'm going to be playing in on Friday night. And you said, oh, that doesn't involve me. I don't really care. So all of this is about our whole family, and a lot of it is going to be ways that you can get involved. So the first one is that one of our pastoral cohorts is putting together a greeting team. And so just people on Sunday mornings that would be interested in greeting people as they come in the door, not just new people, but all of us. And who doesn't like to come and as you walk in, somebody say, hi, I'm glad you're here. So that's about as simple as you can get for stepping in and doing something to develop warm community on Sunday morning, but it's super important. We've only had one person express interest in this. This is something that doesn't involve like any technical skill. So please, if you're interested in greeting people, push that little button that says sign up on your newsletter and sign up for that. And then second, we have our prayer, monthly prayer meeting with the shepherds this Thursday night. It's going to start at 7 o'clock and it'll be at the Hollingsworth's house and their address is also in the newsletter. Um, there's also a button in the newsletter that says, how can we pray for you? So even if you can't be there, but you have something that you would like the group to pray for, you can put that in there and then we can pray over that that night. Or if it's something private that you would just like the elders to pray about, then they can do that also. But prayer is one of the most important things we can do. It is the start of all the other things that we talked about this morning. If you can't be there on Thursday night, then get together some other time with a few people from church and pray for our church. Um, that's a huge, important thing. It's the start of all the others. And then I'm going to call Claire and Josh up. They both have an announcement. Hi, I mean, Josh kind of said everything I was going to say because it was about the coffee team. Um, but yeah, if you want to join, we call ourselves the Brew Crew. Um, 
our mission statement is to inspire and nurture the human soul. So, <laughs> um, but, but seriously, what Josh is saying about um, warm community, this is just a simple way that you can, um, yeah, invite um, warm community to um, people who are members of our church and not members of our church. So if you're interested, um, find me after church or just text that number. That's my phone number. Um, and yeah, thank you. As worship team comes up, uh, go ahead and come up, worship team. Uh, the announcement that I have, yeah, 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 y'all come up. Uh, we're going to close with a song here in just a second. But um, to uh, talk about warm community, because I've heard echoes and whispers of people like, why don't we like, like have people like, go out to lunch anymore? It just feels like not many people like hang out with each other after church, things like that. Well, you can do that. That's the announcement, pretty much. Um, <laughs> Hannah and I are going to go and eat lunch with people, find people to eat lunch with, and just ask around and say, like, hey, what are you doing? If you have somebody that you just met today, and this is the first time that you've ever talked to them, go back to them and say, hey, what are you doing for lunch? And if they uh, ghost you or write you off and say, maybe not another time, get their number and make sure that it is another time. Um, but get time with people today and, you know, embrace that value of warm community. Yes, so four ways that you can embrace warm community this morning were just shared with you. So pick one of them and start there. Also, save the date. Church retreat, March 25th and 26th. Make sure it's on your calendar. We want everybody to be there and there'll be a lot more details coming soon. And then um, giving. So giving is something that we don't have to do. It's something that we get to participate in doing as we show Jesus that we do want to deny ourselves to be able to participate in his mission. And so I would just encourage you that if you haven't set up a donation to go ahead and do that on Tithely or you can give on Venmo either one, and you can either set up a recurring where it's always going to do the same amount, or you can just put in what you want to give each week, however you want to do that. So don't forget about that. And then the last thing I wanted to say this morning is today is Joe's birthday. So yes, so please go by and tell him happy birthday. But here's the thing. It's a big secret how old Joe is, and he does not want to share it. So don't ask him how old he is, because he can tell you, but he'll have to kill you. Okay? Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.